Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be breaking down Sister Wives Season 16, Episode 4, Sister and Wives. The episode opens with Cody explaining that it's now late summer and because of the pandemic, his kids have been out of school for over five months. The family is all supposed to be locked down and quarantining. But to Cody's dismay, he has three wives going out of town all at the same time doing other things. He says life has to go on, but it has separated all of them from each other as they all take different approaches to COVID-19 and how to behave regarding it. I just want to remind everyone that the first point of exposure for the Brown family was through Robin and Cody's household. So as Cody is complaining about how lax and irresponsible his wives are regarding COVID, attempting to shame them for their lax behavior, keep in mind that the first exposure for the family was through his household with Robin when the nanny got sick. Christine is leaving to go to New Jersey for Isabel's scoliosis surgery. Isabel found out she had scoliosis around age 13 when she was in middle school. And she is 17 now and they have fought having the surgeries. They tried everything that they could to avoid this. Isabel was constantly wearing a back brace. She had a daytime brace and a nighttime brace. And she tried exercises too. Christine says they've tried everything. When they found out Isabel had scoliosis, it was a 26 degree curve, and now it's above a 50 degree curve. At 50 degrees is when they do the surgery, and it's a mandatory surgery that you have to have. Isabel has been in awful pain for nine months, so they are doing the surgery, and they are super excited for it to relieve Isabel's daily pain. Christine practices with Gwendolyn to do a visual display of how they will be safe at the airport taking their COVID precautions. And Gwen puts on a mask and protective glasses as well. So every time Cody complains of how irresponsible everyone is for not following his rules, remember how cautious Christine was in this scene, making sure her kids know how to be protected at the airport. Robin has her confessional scene next, and she complains that the family hasn't been able to see each other a lot at all during the pandemic. Robin says, of course, she wouldn't want to quarantine from Cody for that long, but if she had to, she would. So if Robin had to quarantine, she would do it. It would be no problem. It would be fine for her to be away from Cody for that long, even though she prefers not to be, she would do it. But Cody can't go to Isabel's surgery because he can't be away from the family for too long with the quarantine and the travel time. And the only family Cody was seeing during this time at this point was Robin and her kids. So Robin's saying that if she had to quarantine, if it was a must, she would, even though she wouldn't like being away from Cody for so long. But Cody can't quarantine and sacrifice and be away from Robin to be with his daughter Isabel during life-threatening surgery. He doesn't feel that's something he has to do. It's not a must to Cody. That's absolutely necessary. Apparently for Cody, 
his daughter's major life-threatening surgery isn't a given for him to attend. It's not a have to. And to most men, there would be no choice. There would be no doubt. They would be at their child's surgery no matter what. It's no question at all. So it says a lot about Cody and his character that he didn't go. And it says a lot about the type of guy he is, his priorities, his character. Cody explains he is not traveling with Christine and Isabel. He isn't going to the surgery. He thinks it's very risky. He would also feel like a total hypocrite if he's not keeping the rules that he's asking, literally begging everyone to keep, he says. Isabel is nervous for the surgery in a couple days. They'll go there and then after two weeks, they will get the surgery. Isabel is excited. She's also stressed because she had to go to class this morning. Christine says, honestly, it's Isabel she cares about more. Christine thinks Isabel is going to have a hard time being without Cody because Isabel really, really relies on Cody, her dad, when she is in pain. It's interesting that Christine brought up how much Isabel counts on her dad in times of pain. Because as we know, when Isabel woke up from surgery, from the anesthesia, she asked for her dad first thing as soon as she opened her eyes. It was devastating watching Isabel hurt over her dad's decision not to attend. And what are Cody's stupid excuses when nothing should ever come before your daughter? Nothing should ever come before your child as a father. That it's risky and that he doesn't want to be a hypocrite if he doesn't keep his rules. That's what Cody gave as some of his reasons for not going. Would an alpha male not attend his daughter's surgery? Because it's risky and he's scared? Or because he doesn't want to look like a hypocrite for not following his own rules? Can't constipated Cody make an exception? Cody is only a stickler for the rules if it's convenient to him and what he wants for himself, in my opinion. Would any decent father, would any decent man let their emotions for a wife and their resentment for a wife, for the child's mother, impede them from being there for their kid during major surgery? Would any decent father allow fear to stop them from going with their child and being by their side supporting them through physical and emotional pain? Would fear stop a father, fear of a sickness, prevent the father from getting to their child and being there by their side during a major surgery? Would what it would seem like to other people stop you and the possibility that they might call you a hypocrite? Who gives a fuck about that in comparison to their daughter having major life-threatening surgery? How it might come across. Would what others think matter more than being by your daughter's side? Would a father care if people around him judged him for breaking his COVID rules to be with his daughter during major surgery? Would the idea that people might label me a hypocrite prevent a father from being at his child's side during surgery? Last episode, Cody gave other reasons why he couldn't go to his daughter's major surgery. He said he didn't want to be away from the family for too long when the only family he was seeing during that period of the pandemic 
was Robin and her kids. So he also didn't want to be away from Robin and her kids. And Robin said her kids can't be away from Cody for over two days because otherwise they become agitated and upset. But Robin said if she had to, she'd quarantine. Isn't Isabel scoliosis surgery a had to for Cody? If Isabel was Robin's child and Cody said, I'm staying back to not leave the rest of our family and so I don't look like a hypocrite for breaking my own COVID rules and because it's risky and I'm scared, do we think Robin would allow Cody to not attend? Would Robin allow Cody to stay behind? Would Cody even have a choice? Isabel is crying in confessional and she says she thinks her dad's priorities are a little screwed up. She wipes away tears as she explains she doesn't want to disrespect Cody because he is her dad and she understands she does understand why he is doing it, why he is not attending the surgery. Isabel says it's just really frustrating and really, really hard. Janelle is in North Carolina visiting Maddie, Caleb, and the grandkids. Janelle is in town to help Maddie with her daughter, Evie Kay's, surgery. Evie was born with a collection of conditions called Fatco syndrome. There are different surgical options to fix Evie's shorter leg. She has one leg shorter than the other, and there are a series of surgeries to either lengthen the leg, and there's another option to amputate and use a prosthetic. Maddie and Caleb decided on the amputation and the surgery is tomorrow. Janelle isn't too worried unless she really thinks about it, so she is just staying positive. Mary is at Lizzie's Heritage Inn trying to figure out how to flip the camera. She calls Leo and their fiance over to ask, hey, does this flip around? She says she doesn't know how to use the camera on her phone, but she figures it out. Mary says it's a weird summer in the middle of COVID. She personally has been trying to do more of a quarantine and she hasn't been going anywhere. She says she and Cody are at a place where when they talk, it's cordial, it's fine. Mary says she'd be more comfortable if she saw Cody more often and they talk more often. But it is what it is. And she laughs here in her confessional scene. I seriously think Mary just trolls viewers at this point. I think she knows Cody has no interest in her at all. And she knows it drives fans nuts that she stays. So I feel like with some of the things that Mary says, it's just to troll viewers. And maybe the joke's on us. And Mary says, these desperate things to get under our skin intentionally, perhaps. Mary is super excited at Lizzie's Heritage Inn. She's filming for the 150th anniversary of the Airbnb. Mary wants to do something every month or every other month to celebrate 150 years of the house being around. Mary said, since COVID hit, they haven't been able to do that. They have totally had to switch it up and make it virtual since people can't come to the inn in person. Audrey is photographing some baked goods. Mary describes them as her social media extraordinaire person. Mary lets us know she has something super exciting to announce today. Today is one year till Audrey and Leo's wedding. It's a one year pre-versary. 
Mary says, Leo and Audrey met while they were in college and they've been engaged for a couple of years. Audrey thinks maybe they should plan a little bit. Mary wants them to let her know and they do start planning because she totally wants to be involved. Mary wants to talk about it and she doesn't want to be pushy, but if this is happening in a year, she thinks they should at least all start planning and thinking, but they don't know what they are doing yet, so they can't even plan. I love how Mary prefaces it with, I don't want to be pushy, but she knows she's pushy. At least she's self-aware about certain traits. Leo and Audrey are helping Mary by having a virtual bake-along, so they posted their banana bread recipe online, and Mary and Leo will go live on social media as they're baking this banana bread. I could comment about Mary and bananas, but I'll refrain. The banana bread recipe they decided to make is a family famous recipe. And Mary suggests maybe it'll be famous in the families of everyone baking along too. Mary says she and Leo have come to a good place in their relationship. Their relationship is really good now. Mary admits there was tension for a while. They flash back to the scene of Leo coming out as gay to the adults in the family. Mary didn't look like she was taking it too well, but also as a parent, if you never expect it and your kid has told you they want to do polygamy and be religious, I guess it could be a total surprise. So everyone processes things in their own way. So I'm not going to comment on that. Mary says there were probably multiple things that contributed to the tension between herself and Leo. We flash back now to 2016 after the catfish incident when a tearful Mary tells Cody there were times when she was angry at him. She says she isn't gonna lie. She was angry at him. Mary says she had some stress and trauma going on in her life and Leo was also figuring some things out for themselves and it caused a conflict. I think it took a while for Mary to process Leo coming out, and I think she did the best she could with the tools that she had, and it was a big change from what Mary thought, and then to be raised in a culture where there is no acceptance or understanding of different lifestyles other than polygamy, of course, it probably takes some time to educate yourself and process all that stuff if it's new. So I'm not criticizing Mary, but I think once Mary understood that Leo can have everything anyone else does, they can still have a family life and a beautiful partner in life and a wonderful, very full, complete life. And Mary realized she could still be a grandma. I think that she adjusted with time and I think it's a big shock for her, especially coming from the faith and the culture that she did. I think probably Mary thought she would miss out on seeing those milestones with Leo when that's obviously not the case. I think probably Leo helped Mary grow a lot as a person and broaden her perspective, and I think that's very cool. I could see why Leo was resentful towards Mary regarding the catfish thing, because probably Leo knew that this internet stranger was conning their mom, a semi-famous, well-known person, and Leo probably told their mom Uh, and their mom probably ignored it, and it could have made an unsafe situation for the family, 
And I could understand that you love your mom and you see her being incredibly naive and you want to let her know, you warn her, you let her know that the internet is basically like the Wild West. You can't trust a stranger behind a keyboard and they ignore it when it's obvious and there are a million red flags. Plus, you know, your mom is supposed to be spiritually married to your dad. So it's tough because to me, you're supposed to respect your parent and you're supposed to be able to look up to them in certain respects. And then as a child, when you see your parent do very stupid decisions, it does create resentment and stress and upset and it creates a lot of damage. So I could see why Leo may have been resentful towards their mom. Leo says, Mary likes her bananas as brown as possible and Mary interjects, but not black. And Leo, of course, starts laughing. I'm sure you guys can see why. Mary points out a model banana's ripeness for this world-famous banana bread bake-along. And she showcases a banana and says, I like them this color brown more all over. Mary admits her personality is black and white, hot or cold. There's no in the middle. Mary says she's like, if you don't want to have a relationship with me, fine. But Mary remembers thinking that's obviously not the way to handle a relationship. Mary has been really trying to work on how she interacts and responds to other people. And she's working on making sure the other person feels heard and validated. Leo lets viewers of the Bake Along know that they learned you clean as you go when you cook. And they thank their mom for that. I think that's a great lesson. I mean, I can be super messy in the kitchen and then I just clean everything up later. But I think if you clean as you go, then you maintain a very clean space and it's easier to clean up later. That's a good lesson to learn. And Mary, you know, says you're welcome. Mary says she has got a lot of relationships that she would like to improve. And she knows that it really takes honesty and openness to do that. Mary says she's got a little conversation she'd like to have with Janelle because she keeps hearing comments and ideas and thoughts about an issue that she feels she needs to bring up to Janelle. Mary says hopefully this technique of fast listening can help other relationships as well. Evie's surgery was three days ago and nothing was out of order. Everything went as planned and everyone got home much sooner than expected. Evie isn't 100% yet. She isn't super happy yet, but she isn't this miserable, crying, poor little baby, Janelle says. Evie is adorable. She is now one year old and she has a birthday cake in front of her and she is in heaven, dipping her fingers in her birthday cake frosting and she looks so adorable and content. Evie is getting her cast off soon and she had a Boyd amputation because her left leg is shorter than her right leg. Janelle says Evie is already moving around and with prosthetics and stuff, her life won't be different. She won't ever know anything different. She will grow up and she'll be able to run and play and jump and everything. Janelle says Evie just had part of her foot amputated and she is already unfazed like nothing's going to stop her. I think Evie is going to be a warrior and she has an awesome, loving support system. 
and I had a disability growing up and dealing with any type of adversity growing up, especially physically, is tough. But it makes a person very strong on the inside in a way that most people don't understand and a lot of people don't have. And Evie has an awesome family who seem to be very invested in Evie succeeding and having a normal life. And I can say that from personal experience as a child who had a physical adversity to overcome. So Evie can achieve anything she wants to in life. And I think her parents are awesome. And I think her parents and Janelle have the best attitude about this. And it is going to make all the difference in Evie's life. And I think it's awesome. And Evie is going to feel that love from her parents and from Janelle and the family. And she's going to feel that love and that vibe and that positive energy. And Evie is going to thrive. Janelle says, for decades... She and Mary struggled to understand each other and to see eye to eye. They made it work because they had to raise the kids. So they are going to meet and talk about stuff because it's important that they keep using the opportunities that present themselves to talk about their relationship. Mary says, going into this conversation with Janelle, she's trying to be calm about it, but she doesn't know how it's going to go. She's trying to go into this conversation being open and kind and honest. Mary says, maybe not just the topic, but the fact that she and Janelle can have a conversation and work through some issues she can tell are still lingering. So Mary seems to want to get to the bottom of this. Mary and Janelle take a walk and Mary tells Janelle she was thinking about it on the way out here. And she thinks it's been almost a year since they talked and went to dinner that one time when Janelle asked, what are we all here for? I believe Mary's referring to the pink elephant dinner with Cody and the wives the season before last when Robin made it all about her as usual. Janelle starts laughing as Mary does a reenactment, asking, what are we doing? What are we all here for? Do we want to work on our family? Imitating Janelle playfully. Janelle says, then COVID hit. She guesses once they got moved to Flagstaff and things calmed down, she had a lot of time to think. And her future is the five adults in her family. The kids are going to grow up. They're going to move away. But this is her community, the five adults in the family. They flash back to the pink elephant scene in 2019 of the five adults getting together at the restaurant and Janelle says she is really truly waiting for inspiration. But maybe the next question is, and she asks the group, does our family feel like it used to? Janelle tells the group back when they were all together and here she addresses Robin specifically. She asks, back when... You first met us, Robin. Does it feel like that in our family now? And Robin admits, since we moved to Flagstaff, it's been different. Janelle says it's because they don't need each other as much. She says they've lost something. And she says she doesn't know what the solution is. She mentions she's an advocate of the one home, but she isn't saying that is the answer here. In confessional, Janelle says the COVID separation has been hard on them. It's set them backwards a little bit. 
So Danelle is very much about trying to make this unit of the five adults, the five parents, stronger. Mary and Janelle walk, and Mary says she has been kind of feeling like because of that, Janelle is open to conversation, and Janelle admits she is open. Keep in mind, as Mary and Janelle are going to have this conversation to try and heal and improve the relationship, and they both went there knowing that they were going to have this conversation, Mary made the conscious choice to wear a t-shirt that says, only kinda care. Keep in mind, Mary intentionally decided to wear a shirt saying, only kinda care to a conversation about healing past issues in a very rocky relationship with a lot of baggage and past history. And she wore that shirt knowing she was going to have this conversation and on camera. And I think that says a lot about Mary's attitude regarding this. And it reminds me of when Melania wore the I really don't care do you jacket. To be honest, Melania wore that during a trip to a migrant child detention center. And that's what this reminds me of. Mary says she knows one of her conversations with Cody on and off through the years has been about leaving the past in the past and working on from here to the future. But if the conversation keeps coming up and she keeps hearing about it, Mary is ready to get real with Janelle. She tells her, this is how I feel and I could totally be wrong. I don't even know. Janelle asks Mary if she is hearing conversations that Janelle said to somebody else. Mary says in confessional, she understands that Janelle talked to Christine and Cody about not wanting her to have the piece of property by the pond. And she has also heard Cody say he has wives who don't want her to be by the pond. Mary tells Janelle she doesn't know how much to bring up from the past and to work through. And she has heard Janelle and Cody say things that tell her there are still issues with her. In confessional, Janelle says, sometimes because they are a family and there aren't a lot of secrets in a family, conversations get spilled, quote unquote. They flash back to the pizza picnic Cody had with his wives during the In the Trees or Out of the Trees fiasco where Robin got snarky with Mary and Cody bitched about always giving Robin the crumbs. And Robin quoted like a line from a Lifetime movie with shit acting, saying, Mary is my sister wife and I'm going to love her, even if it's not easy. And it's overdramatic, overdone like a telenovela. Anyways, in the flashback scene, Cody is having the pizza picnic with his wives on Coyote Pass So everyone can tentatively pick their lots, which of course was totally pointless because the surveyor hadn't come yet and everything changed completely with the surveyor. So this was pointless. It was pointless stress and pointless negative energy for absolutely nothing. Mary tells the wives at the picnic during the flashback scene that Cody told her where everyone would be and he told her she would be back there and Mary points off in the distance Robin says, oh, he told me you didn't want that. And she acted surprised. And Cody says, Mary told him she didn't like that piece. And he tells her, sorry. Mary tells them to quit making up crap about what she says. 
And Cody says that Mary said she didn't like that piece. Janelle says she thinks Mary is referencing when they were all out on the property talking about where to put the houses. They flash back to Robin pissed, her hand gesturing, saying to Cody, you told me when you guys came out here, she didn't want that spot. And Janelle interjects that one thing she will say, and she mentioned she told Christine this earlier, is that she thinks whoever lives there has to be totally cool with easy access to the pond. No control of the pond, Janelle says in this flashback scene. And Robin mentions that was what Cody was saying as well. And Janelle says she knows when they lived at the Lehigh house, Mary didn't want the kids going through her house because it was a lot of traffic. As Janelle speaks during this flashback scene, Cody has his hand on his hip and he always stands like a scorned, pissed off, raging woman when he's angry with his hand on his hip. Whenever he's angry every time, if he's standing without fail, watch him before he's about to pop off. He always puts his hand to his hip like a woman. And that's when you know he's fed up. Janelle admits she expressed that she didn't want anybody living near the pond because she felt like that should be accessible to everybody. And she really did have a concern specifically about Mary because of some of the stuff that had happened in the past. When Janelle says something to Cody and he isn't careful about it and he spills the beans, it can really aggravate the situation because the sister wives or Cody's wives are having conversations privately with him thinking he's their husband. They're having a conversation with a confidant and then those things get slipped. Cody disagrees. Cody says the real problem isn't the gossip between all of them. The real problem is that plural marriage requires that you behave like a saint. If you don't behave like a saint, you have problems. And they haven't been behaving like saints, so they have problems. And half of it is about the communication. That's what Cody says. Now, this is interesting to me. When Cody says, if you don't behave like a saint, you have problems, and polygamy requires everyone to behave like a saint, Cody is deflecting. He's projecting. He's trying to blame his wives for not acting saintly, for not keeping sweet. But interestingly, Cody's three original wives maintained the same priority of always putting the family first, putting the group above all else. Yet Cody, as the husband in this polygamous situation, has been the one who changed his priorities. When Robin came into the picture, Cody's priority became Robin and himself and their family, his family with Robin. And that's when things disintegrated in the dynamics, because at that point, then not all of the adults shared the same priority of the family and the group over the self. Cody is the one who is acting less than saintly in the lifestyle. In this lifestyle, Cody is supposed to do equal, everything equal and fair across the board, equal time, equal finances, equal everything. So Cody is supposed to do equal time for all of his wives. Cody, as the husband, is supposed to be fair and equal with all of his wives across the board. He's not supposed to have a favorite. But Cody doesn't do equal time and investment, and Cody has an obvious favorite. 
Cody also wants to deflect the blame, not only on his wives not behaving perfectly and keeping sweet, but he also wants to blame the lifestyle itself by claiming plural marriage requires one to act like a saint. And that's impossible, as if he is a victim of the lifestyle as well, and that the expectations that come with plural marriage as the husband are just too much. Isn't it rich coming from Cody saying that communication is half the problem? Cody wants to narc on his wives when they speak to him, and then he wants to pin the blame on them for their difficult behavior and their poor communication. When Cody is the one who has almost zero ability to communicate, Cody is like talking to a wall. The problem isn't the women. It's Cody, the husband who signed up for this, and he isn't holding up his end of the deal. Cody often seems to stir the pot with his wives. For example, with the in the trees or out of the trees situation, where he was riling up his wives after Mary left, trying to badmouth her in front of his other wives, trying to get them to join in and talk shit too, saying he was sick of playing this game with Mary and giving Robin the leftover scraps. And Cody's wives weren't giving in. They tried to stop Cody, but Cody was too angry. He tried to stir further resentment among the wives towards Mary. He also narks on his wives to the other wives, like a tattletale in elementary school. Janelle told Cody something in confidence regarding the pond and why she wanted to be sure Mary didn't have it on her property. And Cody spilled the beans, and he does this often. Why did Cody tell Mary what Janelle said? Because he likes to stir up shit, and it breaks the trust and the confidence the wives have with Cody and that they have with each other. If when they speak to him privately to let off steam, he then narks on them to the wife they speak on, and that creates more tension among the wives. Cody should be a safe place and a confidant for his wives, while not crossing lines to tell his other wives what that one wife said. Imagine if you have a husband and a sister and you complain about something your sister did, just to vent to your best friend. Supposed ride or die, your husband. And then he goes and he tells the sister, and that multiplies the issue 10 million times. The sister will feel betrayed by her sister. The wife will lose trust in the husband and her ability to safely confide in him. It won't feel as safe. And there will be resentment magnified between the sisters in addition to the original issue. Plus, the sisters will lose trust in each other. It's going to create resentment and it will create a reluctance to communicate. Not to mention that the sister who was talked about will create a narrative in her mind considering the negative emotions that she feels and she's going to create a narrative that is likely far more nefarious than what is actually going on and the sister will believe her sister could be against her her enemy her adversary when that's simply not the case that's what cody does with his wives and then he deflects to them saying they aren't saints they're the problem when he is the one at fault for the level of atrophy in the relationships and the level of atrophy in the dynamic of the family. Cody says communication is half the problem, but it's interesting that Cody himself has less of an ability to communicate effectively than all of his wives combined. Let's look at two examples of Cody's communication skills. There are many more, of course, but these two come to mind. First of all, 
Let's remember the conversation that Cody had with Gabe and Garrison. Gabe made it clear that he really would like a deeper relationship with his dad. He would like more communication. His dad used to call Gabe all the time. But ever since Cody began living in monogamous bliss with Robin during the pandemic for nine to ten months, the calls stopped. Gabe is begging and pleading with tears in his eyes. And Cody is distant, defensive, and deflecting. He blames his wives and kids who do not follow his COVID mandates. He blames Janelle for traveling and Christine for going and getting a massage. And Cody is saying it's his wife's fault for him not coming around to see his other kids and his wives. And Gabe knows it's deflection and it's utter bullshit. And he defends both of his moms and he communicates well and clearly and maturely. But Cody doesn't communicate well as a grown man and a father. Cody blames the kids and his wives. And when that doesn't work, Cody stays silent and seething, staring at the ground. It's like talking to a wall. Cody, as the father, doesn't look at Gabe and give reassurance. Cody doesn't reassure Gabe he will try harder to be more invested, to be more involved, to communicate more, to be a better father. Cody doesn't say he will try harder. He doesn't say he's sorry and that he loves Gabe and that he wants a better relationship too, that he'll call more, that he'll make more of an effort. No. Cody shuts down after his bullshit deflection doesn't work and he doesn't reassure his son or say he wants what his son wants, a closer, more invested father-son relationship. Instead, Cody can't make eye contact and he looks at the ground. It's like Gabe is talking to a wall. He gives nothing back. He doesn't give a grain of reassurance back. So one of the issues with the adults could be communication. But most of that communication issue, in my view, is with Cody because he just knows how to deflect and he can't have an honest, humble conversation coming from a place of humility with a willingness to compromise and be vulnerable. Cody just knows anger and resentment and deflection. Anything other than that, he cannot do. Even with his own son, he is supposed to love unconditionally. So how can Cody communicate with the wives he resents? I don't think it's Cody's wives' communication primarily that's the issue. I think it's mostly Cody. Also, Cody tends to view his wives not as members of his team, but as his adversaries, as people who are against him. And he even tends to view his kids that way. He has a very negative, toxic mindset, as if his family are against him. And he says things like, my family are obstacles to my goals in life. So it's him versus them, and he sees it as a separation in his mind. He doesn't see it as everyone is all on one team, and just because we disagree, we can work things out. It's him versus them, and that's a very toxic mindset to have, especially about your own family. Let's also look at another instance of Cody's communication with Christine regarding intimacy. Cody told Christine, no more intimacy, no more sex ever. He just isn't interested in that. And when Christine wanted to discuss it, what did Cody do? He suggested that maybe when Christine is a better sister wife, they can talk about it. Rather than open communication, Cody treated this as a business deal, a negotiation of give me something 
I want. Modify your behavior with Robin and I'll give you what you want, maybe. Cody took intimacy, a cornerstone of any healthy marriage, a sign of love and connection and affection and investment. And he said, no more ever, unless you give me this, unless you change your behavior as a sister wife. That's not communication. That's manipulation. Cody doesn't know how to do communication. For Cody, everything is a manipulation and a game, me versus them. And he views his wives almost as his adversaries. And you cannot communicate in a healthy way and make progress with someone who does not view you as an equal and expect that communication to lead to any type of compromise or healthy resolution. So. How can you communicate with a person you don't trust? Cody wants communication, but his wives can't even trust him to keep their confidence. If they do want to talk, if they do talk, they know Cody could twist it or spill the bean, and then that spillage creates distrust and tension and discord among the wives where no one trusts anyone. Everyone has different priorities. And Cody views the wives as his adversaries. He doesn't trust them. He has to manage them and manipulate them. He doesn't view his wives as his partners on his team, as his equals. To Cody, it's not everyone on the same team. It's him and his favorite versus them. So until that changes, how can there really be trust and how can there really be communication? I am sure the wives aren't perfect in their communication. This is a very difficult dynamic but Cody is the root of most of the problems. And Cody can try to deflect to his wives, but a majority of the disintegration of this dynamic is due to Cody and his behavior directly, in my opinion. Back to Janelle and Mary. Janelle tells Mary she doesn't know if there's issues per se or if it's just concerns. Mary tells Janelle she has heard her say quite often about the pond not wanting anybody buy it. And she has also heard Janelle talking about the house in Lehigh. So it makes her feel like there is still something there. Janelle tells Mary she knows what she is referencing and she really did have a concern about anybody, especially Mary, but anybody building by the pond because if she wants to be out there at 5 a.m., she doesn't want anyone telling her she can't be. Or if someone wants to be out there at 10 p.m., she doesn't want anyone saying no. So she had some real concerns and she tells Mary. For a while, she was talking about being by the pond and possibly having a deck, which would be awesome, Janelle adds. But she worries about Mary having that property because in Lehigh, she didn't want people walking through her house. Janelle tells Mary she and Christine couldn't walk through her house in Lehigh to get to each other's houses from the inside. First of all, I feel, and I'm pretty sure most viewers feel, that this glorified drainage ditch that they call a pond is not a pond. It's a drainage ditch. And secondly, Janelle takes on kind of a business tone when she talks to Mary, and she feels a little passive-aggressive because she says, you, to Mary, that it's her and anybody else when we know that the problem is really just Mary. And I understand why Janelle is doing that. She is afraid to set Mary off at first. Janelle says she worries about anybody in the family getting the pond. 
She tries to make it general at first when she knows that it's Mary and Mary knows it's about her specifically and it's not about just anybody in the family. And Janelle goes into this and is clear, but she starts off generally. When I think if everyone was just clear and direct, it might sting more, but it would go a lot faster and be more efficient communication. Own what you feel, just say it. But I think Janelle did a really good job considering the history and the anxiety and the personality types. Mary agrees. She says, not on a regular basis, yeah, that she didn't want them walking through her place in Lehigh. And Janelle tells Mary the kids kind of took it as always. So Mary is saying it was just that she didn't want it on a regular basis. And Janelle is saying, no, it was always. And the kids took it as always. And Christine and Janelle took it as always. That they always can't walk through the inside of the house through her unit. Janelle explains in Lehigh, they had the situation where Christine was downstairs And Mary was upstairs and there was an internal staircase on the other side was Janelle and she had upstairs and downstairs and it was all one big house connected. So the only way Janelle could get to Christine's house from the inside of the big house would be to go through Mary's upstairs apartment. But Mary didn't want them to do that. So Christine and Janelle had to go out the back door and in the other back door and up and downstairs had to always go through the outside to access each other's houses, even in the winter, even in the ice, even in the snow. Janelle tells Mary she slipped so many times on those damn stairs outside Christine's door because it was cold and it was wet. In confessional, Mary says she worked full time and there was a time that she worked two jobs and she felt like it wasn't inappropriate for her to feel this way and it wasn't inappropriate for her to have the respect of her personal space within her home when she wasn't even there. I don't know, was this a trust issue for Mary of no one being home worried about who might be in her house without her there? Was this about control for Mary and wanting to feel like she mattered and in her own home that she got her own way? Or was it simply about Mary preferring privacy? Was it all three? Also, Mary says she and Cody stopped hooking up over a decade ago. So how much was privacy with Cody really a factor? Mary tells Janelle to her the outside is like so different than her personal space. And when she is gone, she feels like people are going through her house and she's always worried about what's happening. After Mary gives her justification or explanation of why she didn't want people going through her house, Janelle says she doesn't know. Mary, it was a long time ago, the kids were little, and Janelle says she appreciates understanding that it might have been a privacy thing, but it always felt like a control thing. At this, Mary purses her lips. She asks, really? And Janelle says, yes. And Mary purses her lips again, and it's very tense between these two, even now. Mary says she just struggled with her living room and living space being a hallway. Janelle explains to Mary that she just worried that Mary would get angry at one time, like they all do, Janelle adds. And Janelle goes on that instead of slamming the door... And Janelle reminds Mary that when they all lived in one house, 
Mary would slam the doors when she was angry. Slamming doors was how everybody in the house knew Mary was angry. Mary would slam doors and Mary responds, wow, Janelle, like she's shocked that she got called out. Shocked that Janelle would mention her angry door slamming. And Janelle tells Mary, these are the things that made her feel that Mary might say that they can't come over and access the pond if it's on her land. Janelle tells Mary, these were the things I was afraid of. In confessional, Mary sighs and she says she guesses she just didn't think that this was going to be a starting to point fingers at what somebody has done wrong kind of conversation. Now, to me, it feels as if Mary wants to paint herself as a victim, repeatedly reminded by Janelle of her mistakes that Janelle can't let go of. But I think this issue with Mary is huge. And instead of really taking accountability and Mary uh, voicing that she understands the damage she did, Mary wants to play victim and complain that Janelle is blaming her for all these past things. She wants to deflect rather than taking accountability and owning her mistakes and addressing the damage and the way these actions made Janelle and the rest of the family feel. And Mary wants to deflect rather than fix the issue so that Janelle can feel safe around her. Mary admits, yes, she slammed doors before when she has been mad. Janelle tells Mary she has always worried and it could have been anyone. She tells Mary to be honest with her and she says that's why she didn't want anybody or Mary to live at the pond property. Now tells Mary she gets specific about her area and then it creates barriers and problems for the family as a whole. Cody says Mary and Janelle aren't feeling the sister-wife relationship and for years, for decades, Cody has been trying to get them all to function in a sense as his family. And Cody has discovered that his wives really don't want that relationship with each other. Mary tells Janelle, honestly, for real, legit, she doesn't know what they do about that now because there is a history. Mary says she has her reasons. She and Janelle obviously never talked about. Mary explains in confessional that the stairs were basically right across the hall from her bedroom. And if she is in bed and maybe Cody is there with her, it's weird to have a wife walk through her house. But again, let's point out that Mary said Cody and herself haven't been intimate for way over 10 years. So how likely was it that they were being intimate? Mary tells Janelle she would never want to come across as just trying to justify her position. At the same time, she still wants her position to be heard. Janelle says, for them back then, whatever opinion was the loudest of, I don't want anybody to come through my house all the time is the opinion that was heard. And Janelle gets that. But she says it would have been nice if they could have been logical at that point. And it would have been nice if they had made a decision that incorporated everything in the family and everyone in the family. 
and the individual. Janelle wished they made a decision that incorporated the family and the individual. Janelle tells Mary for her the only time it came up again was with the pond and worrying about the access for the whole family. And she tells Mary she thinks they should write legal contracts because there are no guarantees. Mary is frustrated. She tells Janelle, okay, I hear you. And Janelle says in confessional, right now they would all agree to the access and it wouldn't be a problem. But what happens if somebody dies or somebody gets disgruntled and moves away? It would be good to have it in writing that there was always access to the pond or whatever the rules they decide on are, Janelle says. Janelle tells Mary she feels better now because she admits to Mary she was talking behind her back with this and there was leakage and spillover, but she tells Mary by the time it came up with the pond, it was such ancient history that Janelle worried about it. Mary feels differently. She doesn't like that. She says there's a lot he feels differently about, but she doesn't want to have Janelle say her piece and then go back at her. So Mary isn't going to do that. She says she wants to be in a place where she hears what Janelle is saying and leave it at that. Janelle feels that if Mary has something that she wants to say about the original Lehigh situation or anything else, she should. And Mary responds that, to be honest, she is feeling a wall right now. Janelle suggests that they sit for a minute because she doesn't want that. She tells Mary she doesn't need that wall. And Mary says she feels everything coming at her, everything coming at her about what she did wrong. In confessional, Mary says she puts a guard around herself. She says this is what she does and it's something that she is really trying not to do. And she gets very defensive because she doesn't want to be hurt and she tends to always feel like she has done something wrong. Mary is saying she goes into everything on high alert, defensive, assuming she will be perceived as doing something wrong. The slightest criticism makes Mary feel deeply attacked to the point where she always has a guard up. I wonder if Mary knows her past behavior was unreasonable and if she knows she is wrong and perhaps she feels guilty about some of the things she did, but she may not understand why she can't get along with her sister wives and why she has these issues with them. She might feel she just wants to not be walked over and her way to cope and make sure that doesn't happen when Janelle came into the picture was to be very aggressive and it may have been less about being cruel to Janelle intentionally and less personal towards Janelle and more about Mary feeling she could still be as important in the family and in her marriage to Cody if she behaved this way. I think when Mary was so used to monogamy with Cody and then Janelle came in, she felt threatened and she felt under attack and she felt as if she was losing what she knew with Cody. So her way to cope and maintain her place was to be rigid and demeaning and controlling. And it may have been less about Janelle on a personal level and more about Mary and her own struggles and insecurities and her feeling that she would lose Cody and the marriage that she had known. But now that she wants to be closer with Janelle and Janelle wants that too, with her, the damage is done. And of course, Janelle took Mary's past behavior personally. And it felt personal, of course. 
It felt like Mary was intentionally trying to mark her territory and make it known she was HBIC. And Janelle felt like less than. Feel as though Mary perceived her or was treating her as her equal. And she felt unsafe. And Janelle felt so unsettled that she lived from her bedroom and avoided the common areas in the house that she shared with Mary and Cody. I think just in my opinion that if Mary went to Janelle and she said, listen, when you married Cody, I was so afraid. I felt I was losing my marriage in the way I had known it for three years. I felt I would be less important or that I would matter less or that I would be walked all over. And so I was very aggressive and strong. And it was my way of feeling I was maintaining my place in my house, in my family, in my marriage. But I understand I was very cruel to you and it felt personal to you and it was cruel of me, but it wasn't personally directed at you. It wasn't intentional personally towards you. Mary could say, you know, I was coping in the wrong way and now it's resulted in so much resentment and tension and stress and animosity between us when it was never about you personally. It was about me and my fear and my insecurity. And I am truly sorry what I did was wrong. What I put you through was wrong and it was never about you. It was about me. It was about my own insecurity and my fear. And I am so sorry, Janelle. Now, that won't fix it completely, but I think Janelle feels this is all very personal towards her, understandably so. I think if Mary could do that, Janelle would be able to let it go a little easier. She's never going to trust Mary fully, but it might be a little easier. It's understandable that Janelle feels that this is all personal, that it was personal to Mary. I think really deep down underneath it all, this was all about Mary and her defense mechanism to feel she still has her place and no one was taking her place. But it has to feel like that. I mean, you're married monogamously to a romantic partner, your husband, that you were actually, it was a love romantic relationship. You lived monogamously for three years. You say you're going to live polygamy, but it's not a real thing until you actually take on another wife. You take on this other wife, everything changes and it feels like someone is taking away her whole life, everything that she's known her husband. And I think that's why Mary was so cruel and difficult with Janelle when it wasn't at all personally about Janelle. It doesn't ever make it okay how Mary behaved, but I think when Janelle understands that it wasn't necessarily personally towards her, it might help a little bit with that situation, just in my opinion. By the way, TLC is totally trolling the Browns because they pan over to a close-up of the drainage ditch and there is not even an inch puddle at the bottom of that runoff ditch. There's a small puddle you could barely submerge your feet in. I don't even think you could submerge your feet all the way in that water that's left at the bottom of the drainage ditch that everyone argues over. This is not a pond, people. It's a drainage ditch to carry runoff infested water with prairie dog plague in the dirt. And when the ditch fills with the rainwater, it will just be a stew of prairie dog infested dirt and rainwater brewed full of germs. I wouldn't swim in it. It's not a pond. It's a drainage ditch. Mary says with this conversation about the pond, it's all these things coming up again and she doesn't want to fill it and she wants to feel like they are past that. 
in my opinion, Mary has all this frustration just because she wants to avoid taking accountability for her past behavior. She wants to be past it and leave it in the past. So she doesn't have to truly own how her behavior affected Janelle and how it made Janelle feel. Mary wants to talk about how she feels, how she is frustrated. She wants to be past this already, but Janelle will have a very hard time moving past this or trusting Mary to build a relationship in the future if Mary continually refuses to take full accountability. Not about justifying her reasons or her bad behavior and giving her reasons like privacy, etc., but by really being honest with herself and Janelle about why she behaved that way and how her behavior made Janelle feel. If Mary explains that she behaved that way as a defense mechanism because she felt scared and threatened like she would lose her place if she wasn't aggressive and she didn't behave that way, and if Mary explained that none of her past behavior was personally directed at Janelle and it had more to do with her own insecurity, and if Mary says, when I did X, I know you felt this way. And when I did that, I know you felt this way. And it was cruel. It was aggressive of me. If Mary makes it clear she understands how it made Janelle feel and how it affected her and that it was cruel and aggressive and that it felt personal to her and that it was about her own insecurity and that if she didn't behave aggressively, that Mary felt like she would lose her place, like she would be walked all over and that she was insecure and that it's on her then maybe it could actually be in the past, in my opinion. But Mary just giving reasons and trying to justify things, in my opinion, it's a way of Mary avoiding true accountability with Janelle. And until Janelle gets that Mary understands how Janelle perceived this as personal and how it affected her emotionally and mentally and why Mary actually behaved the way she did, because of her insecurity and not because of Janelle on a personal level, Janelle won't be able to ever fully trust Mary or move forward and get the trust to a place where they can actually build a relationship in the future, in my opinion. Janelle says she was just expressing how she felt and Mary says she gets that, but it's a natural defensiveness that she feels or she thinks all humans do at some point. Janelle says her problem was she never wanted to rock the boat and Mary always wanted to take things to heart. Mary tells Janelle she never knew where Janelle stood, like when she came into the picture. Mary thought it would be something completely different. She hoped for something completely different, just based on the relationships that she had with people prior, like with Cody and others. And Mary says it was so not. She thought it would be between herself and Janelle. And for Mary, she took that as a complete rejection. Janelle tells Mary she felt the same from her. So Mary felt that Janelle was rejecting her and Janelle felt Mary was rejecting her. Mary says when Janelle came into the picture, then Mary stops herself. She points out Janelle was actually in her picture before she even knew Cody. But when it came to Janelle joining the family, she really thought that their relationship was going to be different. Mary says she felt rejected by Janelle because she felt like she was doing things to promote this friendship between herself and Janelle 
and Janelle wasn't accepting those gestures, so Mary felt rejected. Here Mary is being more honest, and I commend that. We know there were issues on both sides as well, like when Janelle and Cody initially wanted to get married, they initially wanted to get married on Mary's birthday, and that was very insensitive to Mary. So I don't think every single issue these two ever had was just on Mary. I think everyone was young and naive and polygamy is a very complicated situation. Now, if Mary was making gestures, like for example, in the book, Mary says she let Janelle have the master bedroom and she did it as a gesture to welcome Janelle and she took the back room and Janelle never really let Mary know she appreciated it. Now, if Mary was making gestures and at the same time being aggressive and critical and domineering over Janelle, making Janelle feel so unwelcome that she had to live in her room when she first joined the family, it becomes hard to accept the gestures of friendship, especially from a person you can't be real with that you have to avoid and walk on eggshells around. So it's hard. If Mary wasn't treating Janelle as her equal and as her teammate, but instead as a threat and almost an adversary, it's very hard to accept friendship or gestures of friendship. I don't know when Mary made the gestures, but it probably coincided with her also being very controlling and domineering over Janelle as well. So you can't be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and expect the other person to want to be around you or accept a friendship or to want a friendship. I think Mary comes into many things expecting rejection and being defensive just in general. And I wonder if it's because Mary married so young and she was a shy wallflower who went unnoticed before she married Cody and before she met Cody. So maybe, and this is just speculation, Mary had low self-esteem. She didn't really know who she was as a person and she never got to really fully develop a good sense of self for herself independently outside of Cody or the family. And she just got married and she got thrown into life without developing that sense of self and that identity. So that person who married didn't fully develop first and then get married. She got married without having a good sense of self-worth and a good identity and a good sense of self. She got married. She got some worth from getting married and being with Cody. But then wife after wife after wife came along. And I'm not sure Mary had a strong sense of who she really was. She didn't date before Cody. She didn't have that many friends. That all came with Cody. So before Mary married and made an adult life, she didn't experience as much as most people do. She didn't develop that sense of identity. She didn't experience much socially and she didn't develop who she was as a person first. She didn't develop that inner sense of strength and identity. She wasn't firm in it, understandably so. So Mary then had to cope with polygamy before having that strong sense of self. So that's my take on why she behaved as she did. And it doesn't make it okay. And it doesn't excuse it. But I think you can see how it happened. I don't think Mary is just some evil minion who is all negative, being controlling because she wants to be an entitled bitch. I think some of it has to do with her being first wife and the expectation with that and the unspoken hierarchy. But I think much more of that comes from Mary being thrown into a very adult situation 
without really knowing who she is first and having that strongly developed sense of self. And it may have become personal with Janelle, but I think it's more about Mary's inner struggles and insecurities than about Janelle on a personal level. Janelle tells Mary she can remember trying to make all these little overtures in the beginning, and she just wouldn't respond. And Janelle tells Mary maybe they had already created hard feelings by that point. She doesn't know. It's very interesting that Janelle feels she was rejected by Mary and Mary feels she was rejected by Janelle. And Janelle says she made overture, she tried in the beginning and Mary rejected her. And Mary feels the same way that she tried to do gestures of friendship that Janelle rejected as well. Janelle says she doesn't know and Mary doesn't know either. Janelle says in confessional she actually knew Mary for a long time and she knew Mary and Cody as a married couple before she joined the family and just the fact that she was going to come into the family and that she did come into the family changed the dynamics so much that the friendship as it had existed between herself and Mary was irretrievable. Janelle says she and Mary just never could forge a new friendship. I think Mary feeling like she wanted a matter as much as she always did to Cody with Janelle joining the family and Mary feeling insecure and jealous internally led Mary to resort to using control as a way to maintain her position in the family and with Cody in order to fill the void left by Cody also giving his time and affection and investment to Janelle when she joined the family. Mary felt resentment because of the lifestyle, and I don't think she understood when she agreed to live polygamously what it actually meant to give up your husband to split him with other women. And this was her way to cope, using control as a defense mechanism to fill the void to allay her own insecurities about losing her voice or her place with Cody or in the family. That was Mary's way of ensuring she would protect herself and her place by using control. Janelle says for her, she had never dealt with someone so forceful and it shut her down. Janelle didn't know how to interact with somebody who was so direct and so brutally honest. Janelle didn't know how to deal with that. It was too harsh for her. Janelle took all of Mary's control and animosity very personally. It felt like a personal attack from Mary and it felt personal to Janelle. Understandably, Janelle probably felt Mary hated her guts, that Mary despised her and that Mary saw herself as above her. Mary made Janelle so uncomfortable that Janelle had to resort to living in her room 24-7 when she wasn't at work in order to avoid Mary. And I don't think Mary intentionally did this personally as an affront to Janelle. It may have turned personal or felt personal for both of them. But I think really the majority of this was Mary developing this coping mechanism of being controlling to give herself the security and a layer of protection to prevent herself from feeling like she would ever lose her place or lose Cody. And this was more about Mary's own inner self and her insecurities and jealousies and defending against the worst case scenarios in her mind. For Mary, I don't think deep down her controlling, domineering ways were about 
Now, specifically, I think any woman that came in, Mary would have treated the exact same way. Janelle understandably felt this was personal from Mary directly to her. And if Mary was more open and she explained this to Janelle, again, it's not going to fix everything or make it okay, but it would show Janelle it was never specifically about her and it wasn't personal. Janelle tells Mary if it makes her feel better, she doesn't remember a lot about those years, but there's a few things that stick out that kind of came up with the pond because she was so overwhelmed emotionally back then. She had all these little kids. And Mary says she didn't have all the kids in her care, unfortunately. She wasn't blessed that way, but she was blessed to have Janelle and her kids. And she took them on a lot, she tells Janelle. I feel like this is Mary's way of reminding Janelle she helped take her kids on in the early years because she wants Janelle to focus on that rather than the issue at hand. And if she brings up a sensitive subject that she couldn't have her dream of having many kids, Janelle might tread lightly or switch the topic. In confessional, Mary says, you're a young wife, you're a young sister wife, and you are trying to figure things out. And fast forward 5, 10, 15, or 30 years, and you look back at yourself and you're like, no, that wasn't the best that I could have done. And then you have to give yourself grace. Does Mary make excuses for what she should do for herself in giving grace? and admitting she could have done better? Or does Mary need to take the extra step of owning the way she made Janelle feel? I'm not getting that Mary completely understands the way she hurt and affected Janelle so far. It feels like she's admitting she did wrong and doing a lot of deflection, but she's not really expressing that she owns how this affected Janelle or hurt her. Instead, she's saying, well, we were young. Of course, I didn't behave my best. Wants to give herself grace for being young, but she isn't owning how this affected Janelle or how this hurt her. I'm not really sure that Mary understands Janelle's feelings in full. And I think she can only truly own it and be sorry if she understands and explains how this affected Janelle and how this damaged Janelle. Mary tells Janelle she isn't perfect and she isn't going to profess to be, but she doesn't think anybody is, and she doesn't think anybody should be expected to be, she says, to be honest with her. It sounds to me like Mary wants to make excuses and deflect, saying, well, I wasn't perfect, but nobody's perfect. Janelle says she agrees. Mary tells Janelle she feels like, what do we do now? Because they have this history and it has molded them both. Good or bad, take it or leave it. It's what they are. So Mary asks, now what do we do with it? And Janelle tells Mary, we're 50, Mary. We have 50 more years probably. And Janelle tells Mary she wants to move forward in a meaningful way. She doesn't know how the relationships pan out. She doesn't know, but she thinks they can all. Then Janelle stops herself and Janelle decides she isn't going to say she doesn't know how the relationships will pan out. And she is going to instead visualize that they are all five a functioning team. So all five adults as a functioning team. Mary says she doesn't see it any other way. And Janelle tells Mary for her, it was just really about free access to the pond for everybody. Janelle thinks that she and Mary are in agreement and Mary says to her 
The pond is the pond. It wasn't about her having a house by the pond and having complete control over the pond. Mary says she doesn't look at it that way at all. Janelle says they've come a long way, but it'll take some time. She says they have a long time, though, and she tells Mary she is kind of stuck with her for as long as she wants to be stuck with her. And Mary tells Janelle that was her plan. Janelle says she isn't going anywhere either. And Janelle tells Mary relationships ebb and flow, but she isn't planning on ever going anywhere. And Mary thinks this is a start. Mary says in confessional, she thinks it's a good step and it's good effort for herself and Janelle to be working through their issues because not everybody in the family is willing to work through issues. Mary says it's not any secret that her relationship with Cody is not how she would like it to be. But Mary insists she is here and she is not going anywhere. She says she isn't an idiot and she can get vibe of if somebody wants to work things out or not. And for her, she is just going to be here and she will work on the relationships as she can. As they work on individual relationships, it will help the whole. Cody explains that it's been two years since they bought Coyote Pass. So they have been really slow going on the project. Cody brings Solomon to Coyote Pass and he points out a big tractor. He asks if Saul sees that thing. It's not a tractor. It's an excavator or a crawler. Why is Cody teaching Saul that that is a tractor? Anyways, Cody and Saul meet Janelle on the land and Cody explains they were digging holes all last night. And Janelle asks, where they are going to put the tank, meaning the water tank. And Cody explains it'll go next to the road going up the hill. Cody explains that so far they haven't developed the property at all. They've been hashing out who gets what property. Janelle says hi to Saul and she asks, you aren't in school? And Cody mentions he didn't want school to get in the way of Saul's education. And they laugh. And Janelle mentions in confessional that she just had a conversation with Mary and she feels like it was a very nice preview of what future conversations could look like. Janelle thinks this was really constructive today with Mary. Cody wants to show Janelle the holes for the water tanks. Janelle says she has been very frustrated because she feels like they haven't prioritized getting on the property like they should have. Janelle says this has been kind of frustrating to her how slow all of this has gone. Cody asks Saul if he wants to help him peel these logs off of felled trees and Saul shakes his head no. Cody says they're having a giant cistern delivered today. He explains a cistern is a tank that holds water and it delivers the water to your home and it's going to sit in the ground along the road. Cody asks Saul if he wants to jump in the very deep hole for the water tank. And Saul says, no, no, no. And Cody tells him he's just teasing him. Cody says this is a polygamous cistern. It's 20,000 gallons delivering water that will go to each one of the five homes. Cody says it's a tiny step, but it's really progress moving forward. And maybe one of these days they will actually get a house built and start moving onto Coyote Pass. Cody frowns as he says this, and I really don't feel like he genuinely wants to move onto the land. Just with his tone and his body language, 
and the comments he's made before about making a boatload of cash by building rentals, I think Cody would love to do that instead if his wives would allow it. Janelle asks Cody if it's 20,000 gallons, and Cody explains it's 20,000 gallons to feed each one of their tanks, which would be five water tanks. There will be one tank for each house. And Janelle questions, there's five houses, and she's very surprised when she asks. And Cody answers, yes, there are five lots, there will be five houses. Remember, he asks. Janelle asks, are you going to have your own house? And she seems surprised, so I wonder if this scene was filmed before Surveyor Mike came and Cody announced the reconfiguration of the land and that he would be getting his own house on the pond lot. Cody insists there's five lots and he says they've got enough visiting kids that they might need a guest house. Cody says his wives are just funny this way. He says every time he talks about some investment they can make that will actually create an income for them, that will actually become an asset, they poo-poo him, they fight with him, they argue with him, they want to know the details. Cody says he wants a rental. Cody tells Janelle he thinks that's fair that he gets a house. Janelle laughs. She says, okay, and Cody says they've discussed this. Does Cody think a renter, if he made that fifth property a rental property, that a renter would accept family members jumping in the drainage ditch on their lot at all hours of the day and night? Making that property a rental would defeat the purpose of Cody getting that lot to protect access for the family to the pond slash drainage ditch. So that's interesting that Cody says in confessional he wants a rental. But I think deep down Cody would really love if all the wives were willing to use their piece of land to just build rentals to make money and that they would never live on Coyote Pass as a family. I think Cody honestly would be just fine with that. In confessional, Janelle says, what Cody keeps talking about is buying all of these rentals and it won't pay them any income for a lot of years. And Cody suggests getting the rentals before she builds her own house to live in. Janelle says that's where the wives get upset because Cody suggests buying rentals to create income that they won't see for years before they even build their own homes on Coyote Pass. And that's why the wives get upset. She says they want to build their own houses first. Cody suggests again to Saul that he climb into this huge, steep trench. He tells Saul he will help him get down in the hole and get back up. And Janelle intervenes. She says, as the mother who is here, would Saul's mother want him to do this? Cody insists it'll be fine. And Janelle tells Cody no. But Cody insists he will help Saul. And Saul kind of seems scared. He really doesn't want to climb in this ditch or climb in this big hole. But Cody keeps pushing it because Cody wants him to do it. And Cody is more excited about this than Saul is. Saul seems scared and apprehensive, but Cody's the one that's super excited. And Cody seems to really want Saul to do this. And it really seems like not the safest thing in the world. Janelle says she knows Robin and she knows Robin is a big warrior, probably a bigger warrior than she even is. And Janelle feels she has to represent Robin here. Janelle tells Cody this is terrifying, and she asks him if he is sure it's okay. 
Cody says it's terrifying, very cynically, and he says, it's a giant hole in a little boy. It's interesting that Cody fears COVID so much that he can't attend Isabel's surgery. He has to protect his family and stay behind and do insanely strict extra COVID rules and blah, blah, blah. He's the family's protector. And Saul has RSV and breathing issues and Cody has to be very careful. But yet Cody isn't afraid for this kid to go in this incredibly deep hole that's very unsafe. Saul doesn't seem too enthusiastic to go in. It's like he's doing this reluctantly just because Cody is pushing him. Cody is overly excited. He manically tells Janelle, what better magic is there? I personally think it's dangerous, but I also think Saul doesn't want to do this and he just wants to please Cody who is insistent about Saul wanting to play in this hole when he doesn't want to. Janelle says Robin's preference is that she is always playing. I think she meant to say referee, but Cody cut Janelle off here and he tells Janelle he is going to be fine, that Saul will be fine. In confessional, Cody says, it's just fun to get in holes, big dirt holes. It's almost like walking through a cave. Cody takes Saul's hand as he carefully walks down the steep edge. And Cody advises Saul to make big steps or little tiny steps. Janelle is nervous. She says Saul has to get to the ground. Saul is running around very unenthusiastically in the hole. And Cody asks, how does it look down there? And Cody is way more excited than Saul, who is less than impressed. And Saul says, fine. Cody wants to hear more enthusiasm. He asks Saul, is it deep? Are you amazed at its size? And Janelle says it's pretty big, she guesses. She hadn't thought about how big 20,000 gallons was. The tank arrives on a flatbed and Cody enthusiastically points out, look, Saul, there it is. Cody looks ridiculous. He has on a sun visor with his brittle ass ramen curls sticking out and he looks absolutely ridiculous. Those sun visor hats remind me of like senior citizen women in Florida going around town in a golf cart. That I think of like an older woman when I see those hats. Saul finally shows some enthusiasm. He says, that's humongous. And Cody is way, way, way more excited than Saul. In confessional, Mary says she has no idea how many gallons 20,000 gallons is. Um, how about 20,000, Mary? Mary says she knows what a gallon of milk looks like. And she guesses it's like 20,000 gallons of milk lined up. But she doesn't know how many of those she would use to take a shower. She has no idea. Robin says the 20,000 gallon cistern seems like a lot, but it depends on who is taking a shower. She says if it's Cody taking a shower, it's not a lot of showers. Robin says Cody takes really long showers. I don't blame him. Think about it. That's really the only alone time Cody gets in his life. So that doesn't surprise me that he takes really long showers. And I don't want to know why the showers are so long. I'm just going to put it that way. Janelle says this is actually a big step. They can't build until they have their infrastructure built. And they can now hook their pipes up to the cistern 
and get water. So it's a big step. Janelle says they raw land, so they have no sewer, no water, and no power. So it's a really big step putting the water in on this land. Cody says this is the beginning of their development of the property right here. And he smiles very cynically. Christine and her kids have made it to New Jersey. And once they got there, they had to quarantine for two weeks. Christine's sister lives an hour away from the surgery center. So they will quarantine with Christine's sister for two weeks. And her sister has agreed to follow everything the hospital has recommended that they follow. Isabel is meeting her doctor for the first time, the surgeon who's going to do the surgery. Isabel is all smiles. She's excited and nervous. Christine says in confessional, she is worried and nervous about a big surgery like this one. But while she is with Isabel, she is going to be as upbeat as possible. They put up Isabel's newest x-rays from the day before, and they will be the blueprint for surgery. Christine says when you see Isabel, you don't look at her and go, oh, she has a curvy spine. You can't tell. She says one of the hardest things to see is that x-ray because the curve is clear. There is a model of the spine at the doctor's office to see the inside of the spine and what it looks like. Christine explains in the traditional surgery, have to lay the patient on their stomach for the surgery and they cut open the back and they open it up and they take rods and screw them into the spine to straighten the spine. That's the traditional way the scoliosis surgery is done. But Christine explains with Isabel's surgery, they are going in through the side and then they take these fibers and they attach the fibers with screws to the spine and they tighten it up using the screws and the fibers straighten the spine. And that surgery is much less invasive since it's just accessing through the side versus opening up the whole back. Christine says it's heartbreaking. The first time she saw Isabel's curve was heartbreaking. And when she showed the curve and what it looked like to the other parents in the family, it's really hard. It was really hard for everyone. Christine says it's really hard to see an x-ray like that on her kid. The goal is to get the curve to around 10 degrees. Christine says 10 degrees. She doesn't even know what that looks like, but that's going to be an x-ray she really wants to see. Christine says this has been a long time coming and she is so excited that they can do this for Isabel. And she says, of course, she is concerned because it's a major surgery but she is mostly excited. Christine asks Isabel how is doing after her appointment. And Isabel is doing really good. She's excited that they explain things a little bit better. And she was having anxiety about the surgery and she was confused, but the doctor explained it great and everything is cleared up. So Isabel is super excited. As a child who had a lot of surgeries growing up. I really have to commend Christine for how she handles this as a mother. She always explains every step with her daughter. She checks in with her daughter's feelings. And Christine is very careful, even though she's afraid herself, not to show that fear to her daughter. She's very upbeat. She's very positive. She's not resentful or stressed in any way around Isabel. She's very positive about this. She checks in with Isabel about her emotions. She makes sure Isabel understands every step of the process and what's going to be happening to her. They openly communicate 
And I think Isabel is very brave. And I think Christine is very brave. And the way that Christine is there for her daughter every step of the way, that is amazing, amazing. She is amazing as a mother. And Isabel is amazing as a daughter. And the way they handled this was beautiful. I think that Christine did a great job. And I think it's wonderful how open she is with Isabel and she talks with Isabel about her feelings and she communicates about what's going to go on because not all kids have that with their parents when they have to go through dramatic things like surgery. So I think that that's wonderful. This is major surgery. Remember when Cody suggested to Isabel that she do this surgery alone, that she fly across the country alone during a pandemic when she was in severe pain and that he suggested that she would do this alone, that she recover alone and do rehab alone and then fly back alone. That's what Cody wanted initially. Shame on him for even letting that idea pop in his head, let alone allowing it to come out of his mouth to scare his daughter to the point where she had to ask her mom if that is what would happen. And Christine had to reassure her that will never happen. She would never let her daughter, Isabel, go alone to major surgery like Cody initially suggested. Christine says Isabel is really hurt that Cody is not here. She is really hurt. They flash back to July 2020 when Christine and Isabel are talking to Cody about the prospect of Isabel getting the surgery because she is in so much pain. Christine tells Cody Isabel has to have insurance for the surgery. And Cody asks when they want to schedule it. Christine says September and Cody asks, does it hurt us to wait six months? Keep in mind, Isabel's curve is way past 50 degrees. She is in severe pain day and night. And Cody is asking, does it hurt us to wait six months after Christine says they have to have insurance for the surgery. Isabel was 17 at this time and a viewer of mine brought this up and it makes sense to me based on this conversation that Cody probably wanted to wait six months to avoid having to be financially responsible to pay for the surgery or for what insurance wouldn't cover or for insurance for Isabel. Because if Isabel was 18, Cody as her father would not be responsible financially necessarily. It makes sense to me that that's why Cody wanted to wait so he wouldn't be financially responsible. And I think that's possible just in my opinion as pure speculation. After Cody suggests can it wait six months, which by the way, knowing your daughter suffers daily in tremendous, unrelenting, severe pain, how does Cody even consider money or his own convenience in comparison to ending his daughter's pain and suffering as fast as possible? But after Cody suggests that they wait six months, Christine says Isabel is in constant pain. And Cody says, geez, that's all he says. He seems more worried about his inconvenience and financial responsibility than he does about his daughter's pain. Christine tells Cody if he can't come the whole time, she completely understands. So even Christine expected that Cody may not show up for the whole time, but he would at least show up as a father to be there for his daughter. And Cody says immediately, listen, 
I am not flying there. And Isabel, if you look at her face in that flashback scene that they show, she looks completely heartbroken. In confessional, Isabel says she thinks she is a little upset that her dad can't go because he is always talking about how family comes first. But when it comes down to it, Isabel says she needs her dad there and he isn't putting his daughter above the fear that he has of the pandemic. Isabel says that directly. I don't think, to be honest, that Cody fears the pandemic as much as he says. I think Cody is just selfish and he doesn't want to make an effort. He doesn't want to be personally inconvenienced. He doesn't want to give of his time or money or effort. And he doesn't want to leave Robin and the kids that he has with her. This has nothing to do with fearing COVID, in my opinion. This is about Cody being selfish and not prioritizing properly. This isn't about Cody fearing COVID, wanting to protect the family. This is about Isabel not mattering enough and Cody being pissed at Christine and taking all of his anger with Christine out on Isabel because he is a complete dick. Cody says he's all about the family. He's all about the family first. But Cody is only all about the family if it's the family he has with his favorite wife, in my opinion, and if it's convenient for him. And he puts Robin and her family first ahead of everyone else in the family. They take priority and there are different standards for Robin's kids to the rest of the family. Cody had no problem attending Dayton's eye surgery. Do we think Robin would have tolerated Cody not joining them? Also, Robin's adult kids are welcome at home past 18 because they blindly obey Cody and his whims and his COVID mandates. And Cody mentioned he is always happy to help those adult kids in the family any way he can. Robin's kids, he's happy to help. But with Janelle's sons, Gabe and Garrison, who are over 18, Cody wanted them out. He tried to push Janelle to kick his sons out with the excuse that they were 18 and he's done all he can for them just because they won't follow his extra COVID mandates. So to punish them, Cody tried to get Janelle to kick them out while Robin's adult kids are welcome with open arms. Cody also refers to Robin's kids as his kids or our kids, but his kids that he has with Janelle and Christine are always relegated to just being Christine's kids or Janelle's kids when he refers to them as if they aren't his kids too. And the kids notice the different standards for Robin and her kids versus them that Cody has. Isabel will always remember this the rest of her life, and it might affect her relationships with men in the future or with whoever her partners are in the future. It might affect her ability to trust. Also might take from this that she isn't love as much as the others in the family or that she doesn't matter to Cody as much as the rest of the family or she doesn't matter to Cody as much as she should. She might feel that she isn't Cody's priority and it will hurt her. She needs her dad and he isn't there. And the first thing Isabel wanted when she opened her eyes after surgery was Cody. And Cody was nowhere to be found. And wherever Cody was during Isabel's surgery, nothing could ever be as important as being there for his child during a major surgery. And nothing excuses Cody being a shit father and husband with Isabel and Christine and 
nothing excuses Cody not being there during Isabel's scoliosis surgery. The excuse of COVID and fear isn't more important than being there. The example of looking like a hypocrite and breaking his own rules isn't more important than Cody being there with Isabel. Is the potential for people to call Cody a hypocrite a good reason for Cody not to attend his daughter's surgery? What about the excuse that he can't leave the rest of the family for so long? I really want to dig into all of Cody's excuses from last episode and this episode. The reasons he gives that justify him being a deadbeat father and a shit husband and a trash human, in my opinion. Is leaving the family for a few weeks and the other wives and the other kids sacrificing without Cody is that more important than being with his daughter during her major surgery? I think Janelle would be fine, and Robin said if she had to quarantine from Cody, she would if she had to. This seems like it's not even a choice. A father would normally feel that they have to be there for their child for major surgery. It's not even a question. But for Cody and Robin, this must not be a have-to situation. It's optional, apparently, to be with your daughter during major surgery. It's not a must. It's not a given. That seems to be their high morals and standards that they talk about so much from their faith. Also, Cody mentioned that he can't be away from the family when we know the only family he was seeing during that period was Robin and her kids. This is during the time he was living monogamously with Robin. So really, Cody is saying he wasn't willing to be without his kids with Robin and Robin for so long in order to be with Isabel. So Cody prioritizes being with Robin and their kids over being with Isabel during her major surgery. And a major surgery that has major serious risks and complications should anything go wrong, God forbid. Cody not attending Isabel's surgery shows that Cody prioritizes being with Robin and their kids over Isabel. And it shows that Robin, Saul, Ari, and the rest matter more to Cody than Isabel. So Cody points out that he knows when a relationship is rocky with a wife, that he tends to extend that to the kids. And he has a relationship with his kids through his wife. Is being mad at your child's mother and having a rocky relationship with her and being resentful and angry towards her a reason a real man would not attend their daughter's surgery? Or is that something a bitch would do? That doesn't sound like what an alpha male would do, let alone a good husband or father. And that definitely doesn't sound like a man who is capable of being the head or the leader of anyone or anything. Cody complains he is no longer the authority and the head of the family. How can Cody be the head of anything if he can't even manage to have the right priorities or separate his emotions with the mother from his actions and behaviors and emotions towards his children? Only a weak man whose neck was strained from carrying around such an overinflated ego would allow negative emotions towards his children's mother, to affect the love and the treatment of his child. Cody seems to be very weak, and all those high morals and ethics he and Robin used to mention about their faith that they talk about incessantly don't seem to line up with their actions, in my opinion. 
Christine explains she is trying to do what is right for Isabel. And Cody says he understands, but they have to do what is right for the whole family and not just what Isabel needs. He says that in front of Isabel, who suffers every day in tremendous pain, who tried everything she could to avoid this surgery to please her father. She wore a day brace. She wore a night brace. She did painful exercises after school. She did all she could for her dad to try to please him and avoid this surgery. And now Cody can't do this for Isabel. And he is acting like Isabel doing this mandatory surgery to correct her scoliosis and ease her pain is selfish and that the family is more important and that this isn't best for the family when the only family he is seeing at this time is Robin and her kids. So when Cody talks about what's best for the family, I think he means himself, Robin, and their kids. And Cody's a really shitty human, in my opinion, to take his anger at Christine on Isabel and to use that as an excuse to refuse to be there for his child, who needs him desperately, wants him there, who wants to feel loved, who wants to feel like she matters as much as Robin and her kids. But Cody can't manage to muster up the conscience and the heart to be a man, to be a father, to be a husband, or to be a decent human being, it seems. Christine says it's been so hard and it's taken so long to get Isabel the help she needs, and it's tomorrow. Christine exhales and she says she will feel like a good mom tomorrow. Not that she doesn't, but she will finally be able to give Isabel what she wanted to. See, Christine has seen her daughter's pain every day and all she cares about as Isabel's mother and her protector is taking that pain away. She loves her daughter unconditionally and it kills her to see her daughter Isabel suffer. That's the love, the unconditional love of a parent, of a mother, of a nurturer, love from the depths of one's soul love from the depths of one's consciousness. Christine puts her kids before herself. For Cody, his kids are obstacles, pesky afterthoughts, unless they are the kids of the favorite wife, in my opinion. And Cody is unable to separate his animosity or negative emotions that he has in the relationships with his wives, with the mothers of his kids, from his love for his kids and the way he feels about his wives and the state of his relationships with his wives determines how he loves his kids, how he treats his kids, how present he is with his kids, how he behaves with his kids, how invested he is with his kids. And that's very emotionally abusive and toxic. And it's very cruel and very unfair to the kids. This man can't compartmentalize and separate his emotions and love his kids unconditionally. In my opinion, Cody can't prioritize his kids during life-threatening major surgery when they need him the most. Yet he complains about why he isn't the head of the family when he clearly isn't capable of being the leader. He can't even manage his own emotions and Cody's behavior, especially with his kids, says all you need to know about his character and leadership abilities, in my opinion. That does it for this episode. I'll see you guys next week for the next episode of Seeking Sister Wife and the next episode of Book Club on Chapter 10 on Janelle 
as well as the next episode of My Sister Wives Rewatch, Season 16, Episode 5, Sad, Sorry, Lonely Little People. To my YouTube viewers, please like and subscribe and let me know your thoughts in the comments section if you like. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.